Slayer, Anthrax, uh, a few other ones. It should come as no surprise that sooner or later I was going to get to this band today. Today I'm going to talk about Black Sabbath. Um, now, as as the uh, as the title says, today is, is going to be the the first uh, the first video I've done that I cheat just a little bit. Normally, I go through the band's whole catalog, their whole discography. I can't really do that with Black Sabbath, to be honest. As much as I really really love Black Sabbath. After a certain point of, with with them, with Black Sabbath, I lost interest. Uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. But I'm, I'm going to do only the Aussie albums. I'm not anywhere near familiar enough with their whole catalog or their whole discography to do to, to talk about all of it. Maybe you should be thankful that, for that. So this video will be an hour instead of two hours. And um, But I, I'm going to... I guess start by saying Black Sabbath invented heavy metal. Don't tell me no. That's that's a fact. It's indisputable. Black Sabbath was the at least the first heavy metal band. Maybe some other bands had. Uh, yeah, and don't tell me that Steppenwolf said. Um, um, I like Smoke and Lightning, Heavy Metal Thunder earlier. I don't care. Don't tell me that. Um, you know, Led Zeppelin had some you know, heavy guitar riffs and the Who had feedback. I know all that. And even um, Iron Butterfly. I was talking about Iron Butterfly the other day with my friend Kevin Montavon, who has a, a podcast that, that uh, you, you if you're watching this, you might like. It's called Ticket Stuff. It's my friend Kevin and his friend Todd. And they, they talk about, uh, they go A through Z. Every episode is a different, uh, different band or different bands. They talk about their concert history, with those bands, so check it, it's called Ticket Stubs, Ticket Stubs Podcast, and it's on YouTube, and you can download a podcast, Podbean or somewhere. Anyway, um, I was talking with my friend uh, Kevin Montavon the other day, that in the, the first Iron, or second, I think, Iron Butterfly album, in Agata de Vida, they mentioned in the liner notes, it says, uh, I guess there's an explanation for their name, Iron, heavy as in sound. So maybe Iron Butterfly was the first band to associate the word heavy with, with the music they were creating or the sound. I don't care about any of that. Black Sabbath is the first uh, the first heavy metal band. They, they had every element, all, all the metal bands who became known as heavy metal after that, all, Black Sabbath had all those elements that later became known as heavy metal. And it started, I'm going to get right to it, in 1970 with this album. Um, this this was the the self titled self yeah self titled album in 1970 that came out called uh, obviously called called Black Sabbath and this was the birth of heavy metal this is this was uh, 50 years ago I'm not sure what the date was I don't know if it had already passed I think it did pass this year uh, I think it came out in early 1970 um, something that that's a little bit different about Black Sabbath for me getting back to these videos is 
I, I was not on board with Black Sabbath from the start. Uh, I, I heard Metallica and Slayer from the start, and uh, of these some of these other bands I've done these videos for. Th this Black Sabbath album, as I said, came out in 1970. I was born in 1969, so th this is a little bit different. Going going through their catalog is a little bit different. If you don't follow them, I've said this before, in a linear fashion. I went way back and uh, got into Black Sabbath, but still, I'm going to talk about them. So, so this one came out in 1970, and, and the, the, the band Black Sabbath, the album Black Sabbath, and the first song on this album was called Black Sabbath, and it was the, the birth of heavy metal. That, that song, Black Sabbath, is just so, it, it's amazing to think that in 1970, maybe they recorded it in 1969, that there was something that could be that heavy. I can't imagine what it was like in 1970, having heard the music in the 60s, the Beatles, and, uh, as James Hetfield said, I think he said, I hated that happy crap. Uh, you know, that the Beatles sounded so happy and the hippie flower movement. This, this changed everything, I guess. Uh, I, I can't say too much about how people felt about this, but I can only imagine how people felt when they, uh, heard, you know, Black Sabbath and Ozzy's voice and it, their, their music was very slow and heavy and droning and Ozzy's voice was, was, uh, kind of, you know, creepy and, and scary and just, just amazing. Now, the, the thing that was weird about this album that I always, and I'll, I'll talk about this as I continue, that was always weird about Black Sabbath was this, this album only has five songs on it. And they're, the, as I said, the, the track, Black Sabbath, number two, The Wizard. Okay, so far so good. Now, track three was, was kind of had four, it was divided into four, uh, titles. They had Wasp, Behind the Wall of Sleep, basically an NIB, which is basically one song. It always, when I was a kid, it, it always uh, confused me to see why do they have one song that has like four titles? And you know, it's because they the song kind of has different parts. Basically, is obviously really just the bass introduction to what was NIB. So, so to me, it's Black Sabbath track one, The Wizard track two, NIB uh, three. Um, Wicked World, and then again, the last track was, again, three titles, A Bit of Finger, Sleeping Village, and Warning. And when I was a kid, that, that really confused me. It uh, it bugged me a little bit, to be honest. I thought, what do, what do they have all these titles for when they only have five songs? Maybe that was their way of stretching it out, because uh, when, maybe when people see a record and it only has five songs on it, they maybe it turns them off. But but this is, uh, it, it's, a, it's a classic, a landmark, Whatever you want to say about this album is true. It's not my favorite Black Sabbath album. It's not even close. I'll talk about that as I go on. But this is an undeniable classic. This is like, uh, I guess later you could compare this to, in my opinion, uh, Black Metal, the first Venom album, which they, they invented the, the genre. Venom did of Black Metal. Metallica with Kill em All created Thrash Metal. Black Sabbath created Heavy Metal. So regardless of what you think of this album, and I like it, but it's not my favorite this was this was uh, this was heavy metal. They had all the elements, all the aspects of heavy metal, were contained in this album. And in this one, you can see, and in, in other Black Sabbath albums, you can see too. When you look at even metal or what what people call stoner metal or doom metal today, when you when you listen to those bands now, you can. It's so obvious to hear such a Black Sabbath influence, just so heavy. And uh, the, 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 the tone, not just musically, the overall feel of it, the atmosphere, it started with this album. Uh, and I guess 
through through the years, I guess uh, it, it's the I guess four of the five songs, well three, became staples. Uh, N.I.B. The Wizard and Black Sabbath. So so this one, uh, Hello Heavy Metal, Welcome to the World. This this is the introduction to the to the world of heavy metal. And I hate to say this because it's so cliche and maybe even not true, but when people say if not for if not for uh Black Sabbath there would be no Metallica, or if not for Alice Cooper, there would be no Marilyn Manson. Maybe if not for this album, I'm sure somebody would have invented something called heavy metal, but Black Sabbath was the first band to do it. Paranoid, uh this this one was later in nineteen seventy. And I'm going to put this down for a minute while I talk about this. This this was my, as I mentioned, I got into Black Sabbath much, much later. Uh, my, my story of Black Sabbath is Paranoid came out in 1970. I got it. It must have been 1980 when I got it. So Black Sabbath was already a, a 10-year-old band by the time I got Paranoid. And when you, I've mentioned this before in some of the other videos, because some of these other catalogs I've gone through, it, it's and as I mentioned earlier, it's very different when you get into a band from the start, or where if you get into them on their second album or fifth album, whatever. When you follow them, when you follow them from the point where you got into them onwards, and then go back and listen to their catalog, I think you have a different opinion than when you, you know, follow them from the start. So, so Black Sabbath is a weird one for me. So I got paranoid. I guess it was around 1980. It, it's it's maybe as I as I remember. As my 10-year-old self remembers, it was the first album I had that wasn't a Kiss album. I, I mentioned in my earlier videos that I got Kiss Alive in 1975 and for Christmas, and I got it, I was into Kiss, and I was a kid. It's, it's not like you, it's not like now where you can go and discover bands. So I, I got uh, Paranoid around 1980. They were already, you know, a long, they, they were, at that point, had been around for 10 years and had... A lot of albums out. Ozzy was already out of the band. But that was my introduction to Black Sabbath. I think at that point, I think I had heard Iron Man and I guess Paranoid on the radio. Um, Iron Man was just... You know, when you hear that uh, I am Iron Man, for me as a 10-year-old kid, that's incredible to hear. And then just the slow... Da, 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 da. I couldn't believe it. That was I, I knew that that was heavy. I don't know if I knew the word, but I think even back then in my head, I was thinking, this, this sounds heavy. And so that was my introduction to Paranoid. So th this is... Uh, I'll, I'll say right uh, from the start, Paranoid is my favorite Black Sabbath album. I'll talk about that more later. But But this is the one, not so much even because it's my favorite... But I've mentioned earlier uh, several times in these videos that I've done impact, the word impact. When when you hear something, it, it's almost impossible to hear something when you're 20 or uh, 25, 30, 40, whatever, and have the same impact as, as it has when you're really young. So hearing this when I was 10 years old, it's, it's pretty hard to beat this. And I went back into their catalog. So I kind of, even though this was old, I'm kind of going in circles here. But this was another one when I when I heard or saw this album. Now, like the first album, the the, the now War Pigs Luke's Wall. Why do they call it War Pigs Luke Luke's Wall? Why not just War Pigs? And uh, fairies wear boots. On this one, um, I guess you can't see. Maybe there's a reflection and it's too too small. But it's it was subtitled Jack the Stripper. Jack the Stripper and fairies wear boots. I didn't know what that meant, but. What a what a scary album this was for a ten years for a ten year old kid. 
when I bought this when I was 10 years old, I bought it on, on uh, what people now call vinyl. And back then it was just, you, you had it. And it, it was a gatefold album. And it was, uh, I guess the three of them, Bill Ward, Tony Iommi and Geezer Butler on, on one half of the, the gatefold. And Ozzy, I think, was standing by himself, if I remember correctly, on, um, maybe there's a, a, a picture of it. Yeah, it was this. Now this was this, this was the gatefold of the, the record. And, uh, man, these guys look scary. And the song titles, War Pigs. What is, what's a war pig? I didn't know what that was, but it was a little bit scary. Paranoid, Planet Caravan, Iron Man, Electric Funeral, another scary one. I, I imagine a, a 10 year old kid hearing about an electric funeral. Hand of Doom, the, the Hand of Doom, my God. What, what does that mean? Someone's gonna come and destroy the world? Rat Salad. I had no idea what a rat salad. You imagine a, uh, you know, you, you get a, an image in your head of what a rat salad could be and why are they singing about this, although it was an instrumental. And uh, Fairies Wear Boots slash Jack the Stripper. I still don't know what, why they subtitled it that. But what a, what a huge impact this, this album had on me. Still one of my, not just my favorite Black Sabbath albums, sorry, not my favorite Black Sabbath album, one of my favorite albums ever by any band. Um, it, it's it's pretty hard to um, to 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 get any better than that when you're when you're ten years old. And now, as for the songs uh, for this one, my my favorite. I'll I'll talk about maybe I'll mention my favorite songs on each album. You know, it's there's nothing I guess for a lot of people that's more uncool than saying. Uh, you know, your, your favorite song is, is the, the single or the hit or the one that gets played on the radio. The other day, Motorhead announced they're, they're coming out with the 40th anniversary of Ace of, Ace of Spades. And I saw, again, I've said before, the dumbest thing you can do online is reading comments that you don't get anything, uh, productive out of that. It's, it's just a waste of time. And I, I saw people saying how Ace of Spades sucks, the song. It's not, it's not even a, a good Motorhead song, which is garbage. It's a great song. So it's, it's kind of the same with, with Paranoid, although I don't... Paranoid, it's not a bad song. It's just over overplayed. War Pigs might be my favorite song, my favorite... Uh, it's I would say it's my favorite one on this album. It might be one of my favorite Black Sabbath songs. That was a song I never really got tired of. Uh, it's their one of their hits or, you know, they didn't really have hits, but it's one of their more well-known songs. Maybe at some point in the 80s I was sick of it, but in the last 10 or 20 years, I I almost feel like I can't hear War Pigs enough. I love it every time I hear it. So I, I think War Pigs is, is maybe my favorite song from this album. But really, every song is great. Rat Salad, I've mentioned before. I'm not a big fan of instrumentals, but as far as instrumentals goes, it was a good one. Electric Funeral is, is great. Hand of Doom, Fairies Wear Boots. Every... I, Man, what else can I say about this? Every every song is a classic. I'm repeating myself, but now one thing: this the the album was supposed to be called War Pigs. Now, usually when you when you're so accustomed to something and then you hear it was going to be something or could have been something different, you say, oh, "I can't imagine that." When you imagine uh, Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones, which he was he was originally I think going to be the Indiana Jones before uh, Harrison Ford, and you think, oh, "I can't imagine Tom Selleck as." Uh, as Indiana Jones or, uh, uh, who was supposed to be, uh, Stevie Van Zandt was, was one of the contenders to be Tony Soprano. You think, how could that be? This is the opposite. This, um, this album was supposed to be called War Pigs. I thought War Pigs 
would have been a much, much better name for this album than Paranoid. And and just the uh, the picture of this, it sucks. I, I don't know what it's supposed to be. I always thought the guy looked like Billy Joel when I was a kid. I always thought this Billy Joel was big at the time in the early 80s. And I, I always thought this guy looked like Billy Joel. I thought War Pigs would have been a much, much better name for this album. But Nemo, though, it's called uh, Paranoid and everybody knows it. Everybody loves it. This is Black Sabbath's signature album. For good reason, it's it's my personal favorite. And if you're a heavy metal fan and you don't, I can understand if this isn't your favorite. But if you if you don't like this album, there's there's something wrong in your head. Go go see a doctor and get yourself checked for a coronavirus while you're at it. Black Sabbath for and a paranoid and an all time probably top ten album for me. Uh, 1971, Master of Reality. Again, this this could be a, a favorite too. Now, I got into this much later. I went back and bought, after I bought Paranoid, I got, it took me quite a few years. You know, as a kid, when you're 10, 11, 12 years old, you don't have money to go out and buy records. And so I got into these albums over, I guess, the, the 80s or, I guess it was in the 90s when I bought them on CD. I don't even know how many I had on vinyl. But, but Black Sabbath, uh, Master of Reality, their third one, 1971, was a, was another one. Now, some, something that was, is or was kind of strange about this album. This is a very, very short album. It's only eight, eight tracks. And of those, of those eight tracks, Embryo and Orchid are, are just very short, especially Embryo is only 30 seconds. Orchid is two minutes. They're clearly filler, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I think I talked about this before with filler. My, in my opinion, filler is not songs that you don't like. I hear people say that, uh, you know, a song that they don't like, like something like Invaders on the Number of the Beast or, or something like that is filler because they don't like it. To me, filler is literally to fill time. The, 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 the record company, I guess, decided this album is too short. It's only 28 minutes and we want 33 minutes, so, you have to literally fill, literally fill the time. So yeah, I think Embryo and Orchid, and also just like the first album, it looks better when you see eight songs instead of six. But back then, this, this album I think is only 34, 35, 36 minutes, something like that. Kiss albums at the time were 32, 34. The Beatles albums, I guess, were around there too. This was not back then, I guess. And again, I was, I was two years old when this album came out, so I can't say too much. But back then, it, it was perfectly normal to have an album that was 35 minutes. People now seem to feel that albums should be really long, which to me takes away from it. In many cases, listener fatigue. But getting back to this album, uh, th this is another one that's uh, ah, just, just, just amazing. I noticed a, a mistake here. It has Into the Void listed as 3 minutes and 8 seconds, which I know it's wrong. It's 5 or 6 minutes. I think on the original version of this now, in the, in the track listing I have here, there are no subtitles, but I think in the original one they did have some subtitles. Maybe Into the Void was divided into maybe Death Mask or something like that, which started at uh, the, the part in the song Freedom Fighters. That, that Everybody knows that one. Um, uh, yeah, they have Solitude listed as 808, which is wrong. It's, that song is actually four or five minutes then into the void. So I guess the two times combined are, are correct. But a strange, strange track sequencing here. Uh, th this album, so I guess Sweet Leaf and Children of the Grave become, and Into the Void, I guess, became Black Sabbath classics. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure James Hetfield said Into the Void is his favorite Black Sabbath album ever. It's pro- It might be my favorite on this album. I love Into the Void. Just that, that song, maybe as much as any Black Sabbath song, that, that could... Uh, you, you could hear that song now and, and think it just came out last year. It's, it's such a... So, so many bands took, took something from, from uh, Into the Void. Just, just amazing. Riffs like unbelievable. Solitude, even though solitude is uh, to me kind of a, a little, it's not kind of, it's in the same vein as uh, Planet Caravan on Paranoid. I think I like Solitude much, much better than Planet Caravan. Very quiet song, not a ballad, but just a very mellow, I guess a good uh, kind of a psychedelic hippie song. I love Solitude. What else? Uh, Lord of This World. Evil Possessor, that that could be a favorite too. Um, ah, Sweet Leaf, you get a little bit tired of Sweet Leaf, but still, you can't say it's not a great song. After Forever is maybe, I think, a little bit of a... Um, I don't maybe like using this word, but underrated. Kind of a, a forgotten Black Sabbath song. I think a lot of people, you know, they, they remember Sweet Leaf and uh, Paranoid and uh, Iron Man and uh, NIV, but, but I, I think a lot of people maybe kind of forget After Forever. I love After Forever. I think that's my aforementioned friend, Kevin Montavon. If I remember correctly, I think After Forever is Kevin's song. Kevin, tell me if I'm right or wrong. But this, this album is, is a classic too. This could easily be anybody's albums. I, I personally like Paranoid. If you told me this is your favorite Black Sabbath album, I would say, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Fantastic album, I love it. Master of Reality, a little bit short, but maybe maybe that's better. All the songs have, have more punch because of that. I love this album. Master of Reality. Uh, volume 4 was next. Duh. This was, if you look at this, you'd maybe think it's a live album, but it's not. Um, this came out in 70, I guess it was 71 or 72. I think 72. Yeah, 1972. This was another weird with the subtitles that had the first song, Wheels of Confusion, slash The Straightener, and then the last song was Every Sun's, every, sorry, Under the Sun, slash Every Day Comes and Goes. I, I'm not sure why they felt the need to, to do that. It, as a kid, it just confused me. But th- this is another, and this is, this is maybe, I think, my favorite sounding Black Sabbath album. The, especially the drums. The drums sounded amazing on this. And the, all Black Sabbath albums sounded good, but this one sounded especially good. The drums and the guitars was just perfect. Um, but again, with the, with the, the filler, uh, similar to, um, Master of Reality, they've got FX, which is just like a 30 or 40 second weird, uh, it's, it's not even, um, music. It's just like some, I guess FX is effects, the word E, F, F, E, C, T, S, X, S, and this song is FX, weird song. And um, Laguna Sunrise is another instrumental. Now it was great. Laguna Sunrise is a really, really nice, beautiful acoustic uh, song, instrumental, but clearly filler. No, Laguna Sunrise and FX. So, so I guess really you could say eight songs. I love this album too. This could easily, this could be a, another favorite. If if this had come, if I bought this album first instead of Paranoid. This probably would have been my favorite. And I could say the same about Master of Reality. Um, favorite song on this one, uh, I think it's got to be Wheels of Confusion. Just the, especially the drums. The, the drums are, are... I love the drums in that song. Um, 
Lost in the Wheels of Confusion. Tomorrow's Dream, there's a, a great band called Spire Alarms. A lot of bands, every band did, uh, did uh, I think every Black Sabbath song has been covered. I'm not going to talk about all those, but I will tell you if, you if you like Black Sabbath, if you like covers, one that you probably haven't heard is um, Tomorrow's Dream by a band called Spire Alarms, who, who was a great band too. Uh, Changes, of course, was the uh, ballady song. Excellent song, very sad song, very, and again, haunting vocals by Ozzy. Super Not Good, uh, 1000 Homo DJs did a cover of that, which was, I guess, Ministry or something like that. Snowblind, ah, Snowblind could also be a favorite too. I, I love Snowblind. Man, oh man, what a great song that is. Cornucopia, maybe one of the heaviest Black Sabbath songs ever. Cornucopia, uh, Overkill, the band, had a song or has a song called, um, uh, Skull Crusher on the Years of Decay, 1989, which reminded me of, of Cornucopia. Uh, St. Vitus Dance, good song, a, a little short, only two and a half or three minutes. Good song. Under the Sun is also very, very heavy, especially the introduction. So, so this album is, uh, is, is fantastic. The, what, what a stretch from the first album to the fourth album still, and it continues. Um, like Metallica with Kill 'em All through, let's say, Justice for All, or you could even see the, the Black album. I won't get into that argument. You can go back and watch what I said about that. So Black Sabbath Volume 4, another pure stone cold classic. I, I love this album. Love it. Can't get enough of it. Uh, 1973, this came out. This is Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. First of all, I'll say this is my favorite Black Sabbath album cover. I know there's, there's some reflection over here, but, uh, oof, look at, look at that album cover. And I love the, uh, the, the font that they use for Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath too. Very dark and evil. They had the, 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 the skull and it was very satanic and everything. But this album, this, this was, I guess, maybe the first one that was a little bit different. And again, I'm going to say this is as good as any of these other ones. That the first four, um, this is as good as any of them. This again, but continuing that now, I think this one didn't have any. No, this one didn't have any of these subtitles, but it did have a little bit of the filler fluff, which was a, a similar to uh, Laguna Sunrise, just an acoustic song, very beautiful. Love love that song. I think there's. Uh, I listened to it a week or so ago. I was trying to. I'd probably do this every time I listen to it, trying to count. The guitars. I think I think I can hear three acoustic guitars in fluff, and maybe one is double track, so there could be four. But this this album is is fantastic. Um, this has been Metallica did, of course, uh, a cover of a medley of uh, National Acro National Acrobat and Sabracadabra, again with the weird song titles. Um, what does a National Acrobat mean? I have no idea. Um, now, by the time I got this album, which was probably I, I can't remember when I got this, but it was long, long, long after the album Who Are You by The Who came out. And Black Sabbath also had a song called Who Are You. That is maybe my favorite song on this album, which is maybe kind of kind of funny because that's a weird, weird uh, song, Who Are You by Black Sabbath. I don't think there's any guitar in that album. Obviously, it's, it's keyboard or synthesizer driven. I don't think there's even a guitar solo in that. I don't think there's any guitar. Who Are You might be my favorite one on this album. It's a very, very creepy, even though there's no guitar, it's as heavy as anything Black Sabbath has done. It has a really dark, creepy feeling to it. Um, again, I, I love every song on this album. Uh, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath Anthrax covered that. 
I, I guess all of these have been covered. Killing yourself to live. Um, take a look around you. What do you see? Pain, suffering, and misery. Very happy lyrics, although they did have happy lyrics. And uh, Spiral Architect. Um, ah, it's hard to think of the lyrics as I'm talking, but Spiral Architect had, had very nice lyrics. And Strings, too. This, this What made this album different was that this is Black Sabbath stretching out a little bit. Spiral Architect had strings in it. Who Are You was a synthesizer. Very, very good album. This, again, I'll, I'll put this up with uh, the first album, Paranoid, Master of Reality, and Volume 4. Take your choice of any of these, man, because because they're all fantastic. But yeah, I'll maybe go with Who Who Are You is, is my favorite song on this one. Spiral Architect is great, too. Killing Yourself to Live. Ah, they're all great. Uh, wow, what else can I say about this? But 74 or 75 this came out. Amazing to think. This was around the, the time when I got into Kiss. And it's amazing now in retrospect to think that Black Sabbath... Because I kind of put them in the same period when I was when I was a kid. But, you know, to think now that Black Sabbath was already on their fifth album by the time I got into Kiss. And, uh, well, that, that's my personal thing. So, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath... Another classic. That, that was... Black Sabbath was just... Rolling them out like like a machine back then. Love it. Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. Uh, Sabotage. This was this was 1975. This one I get into much much later. I think it was the. I I mean I knew um I guess Symptom of the Universe. I think was the only one I knew at that point because it was on Ozzy did uh, his live album Speak of the Devil where he did all the, uh, uh, which was uh, all all Black Sabbath live songs. And again, for the third time, my friend Kevin Montavon, I'll mention him. Uh, he mentioned in his podcast a couple of weeks ago that that was his introduction to Black Sabbath, was, was all those uh, Black Sabbath songs on Ozzy's Speak of the Devil. Uh, it was for me with Symptom of the Universe, for sure. I, I remember hearing that for the first time, Ozzy's version on, um, on Speak of the Devil. Uh, I think there was nothing else from, from this album that was on Speak of the Devil but I, I love this album. So this was a late one for me. This is another great album, but with another, you know, the the um, the filler, uh, this song called Don't Start, which is then subtitled Too Late, was basically just a, a, an introduction to the next song, which was Symptom of the Universe. Symptom of the Universe, I think more than maybe other any other Black Sabbath song I mentioned earlier, Into the Void, but I think I'll change that to Symptom of the, Symptom of the Universe. When you hear modern metal or even 90s metal, I think, I, I can't give any specific examples. I think a lot of that came from Symptom of the Universe. Symptom of, ah, why am I having such a hard time? Symptom of the Universe. That's what I'm trying to say. And I apologize for that. Uh, what, a, what a heavy, just a head-banging song that one is. A couple of uh, great, ah, now they also have the instrumental Super Czar, Super Star, Super Czar. Uh, which was again uh, an introduction, I think, to "Am I Going Insane," which is subtitled "Radio." I have no idea why it wasn't a radio edit or anything like that. Uh, just again, the weird Black Sabbath subtitles. So again, this is another one um, similar to "Master of Reality." That if you take away the the two uh, kind of instrumental interludes, there's only six songs, but they were they were great songs. "Am I Going Insane" was uh, uh, similar to "Who Are You," as I mentioned earlier. Uh, synthesizer keyboard song. I think that the highlights, a couple of highlights of this album, Megalomania and The Writ. The Way I Feel is The Way I Am. The Writ is uh, one of the, I think, really, really overlooked 
Black Sabbath songs. I don't know if they ever uh, if they ever played that song live at any point. But the writ, uh, it's I think it's close to ten minutes. And uh, two songs on this one, "Symptom of the Universe" and "The Writ," were ah. Now this this is I I should have mentioned this earlier with Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. This song more than any other band. That, what a what a how great Black Sabbath was at combining brutal heaviness with beautiful acoustic guitar that, that just sounded like classical music. So on on this one uh, at the end of "Symptom of the Universe." Um, woman's child of us creation, and I apologize for that. The when it you know it was so heavy, and then it went acoustic, and the writ also at the end. I know, I know. Um, went went from you know being so heavy. The way I feel is the way I am. Going to to the beautiful acoustic part, which uh, maybe started with the the title track, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. The the combining of it's amazing to think that not just one band or on one album. But in one song, they, they can make it so heavy and, and angry and, and also just unbelievably beautiful. So, uh, yeah, Sabotage, keep going, man. P pick, pick your choice. Pick your favorite out of these uh, first six albums because it, it didn't last any, any longer than this. This, uh, I, I love this album. It, I was late getting into it, but this album is as good as any of these other ones I've talked about. I say that a lot. Uh, kind of a waste here. We sold our soul for rock and roll. This was a, uh, a compilation album. I've mentioned this before. This was when you kind of used to take pride in your music collection, not your digital collection. And I, man, I've spent a lot of money uh, on, on stuff that I really had no reason to buy. This, this was a greatest hits or a, a, a compilation album that really had no business. I guess back then... I'm not sure what year this came out. I guess it came out in, I don't know. I got it much later for no reason. There was absolutely nothing about this album that I needed. There were no, um, no, no new songs, no unreleased songs, no demos, no alternate mixes, just, just, uh, songs from the first, uh, I guess six albums up to here. Yeah. The most recent one was, um, there was Am I Going Insane from Sabotage. That was the only one. But yeah, Black Sabbath and The Wizard from the first album, Paranoid War Pigs and Iron Man from Paranoid. Tomorrow's Dream, oh sorry, Furs Wear Boots also from Paranoid. Tomorrow's Dream and Changes from Volume 4. Sweet Leaf, Children of the Grave from Master of Reality. These are in a weird order. They're, uh, they're very strange. And I have A, B... C and D be beside them. I, I, I'm not sure what to make of this album. No, no reason really to have this other than, as I said at the time, you wanted, you wanted to collect music and build your collection. That was why I bought this. I never had this on vinyl, but I bought this. I probably found it for cheap at the time, but I wanted just to have every Black Sabbath album. Nothing, nothing really to say about this. If, if you don't want to buy, and again, these, uh, I mentioned this when I talked about, um, the rat. Discography, the the Rat 8191 uh, Greatest Hits or Compilation Album. At the time, it was good to have those. You know, now you can make playlists and you can listen to any song you want. But back then, it was kind of cool to have these. Um, I guess that's why I have this. But not, nothing really to say about this. 
Also, nothing really to say about this. This is called Technical Ecstasy. I think this came out in 1976. Yeah, 1976. I know nothing about this album, really. I think the only thing I really know about this... Dirty Women, they, they played that live. When they, um, when they toured in 2013, they played it live. And I haven't talked about my concert history with Black Sabbath, but I will. And I was really surprised that they were playing Dirty Women live. Because I, I don't know... If, as I mentioned earlier, if, if you think um, Volume 4 or Paranoid or whatever is your favorite album, Sabotage, Sabbath Blade, Sabbath, whatever, I'm on board with you. If you think this is the best Black Sabbath album, there's, I don't know what to tell you, there's, there's probably something wrong with you. And I'm not even saying it's a bad album, but I, I've had this album for decades. And I, I mean, I know the song titles, but I can't tell I can't, I wouldn't, I can't recognize any song from this album. I'm sure there's going to be somebody out there saying, no, it's my favorite album and it's, it's a classic. Maybe I need to listen to it again. I, I haven't listened to this for years and years. And sometimes that's good. When you go back, you, you appreciate it more. Other times, like Peter Chris's 1978 solo album, it sucks year after year. I, I try it all the time. Um, yeah, just, I, I'm not sure what it is about this album, but nothing, nothing caught on to this with me. Backstreet Kids, You Won't Change Me, It's Alright, Gypsy, All Moving Parts, Stand Still, which might have been an instrumental. Uh, rock and Roll Doctor, She's Gone, Dirty Women. I don't know anything about this album. So, nothing to say. Tell me. Tell me I'm stupid. Tell me I'm crazy. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm an idiot that I don't like this album. And maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll change my mind. Nothing else to say about that one. Um, now, 1978, I think this was... Uh, this was, yeah, 78, Never Say Die. Everybody hates this album. I like it. I, I like it much better than Technical Ecstasy. I don't think there are too many people that feel that way. I do. Now, I will say, this is nowhere near as good as the first six that I mentioned, from the debut up through Sabotage, those six. This is not anywhere near as good as those. And I would even say, maybe the first, I really like the first half of this. Never Say Die, the title track is good. Johnny Blade, that's a, I think a really forgotten, um, Black Sabbath song. That, that had, to me, all the, all the elements and, uh, you know, things about Black Sabbath that, that anybody should like. But at this point, Black Sabbath had been around for a long time, almost 10 years. And as I've mentioned many, many times with Impact, it's, it's hard to have the same impact. If this had been their first album, maybe people would have loved it. But um, what else? Junior's Eyes is great too. To me, that's that's also a kind of more people should love Junior's Eyes and Johnny Blade. Uh, Black Label Society. Uh, Zach Wilde did a great cover of um, Junior's Eyes on the piano. On a, it was a bonus track for. I'm not really a Black Label Society fan, but I love his or their cover of Junior's Eyes and A Hard Road. So the first four songs, I love those. Those are great. After that. I could kind of back to Technical Ecstasy. Shockwave, Air Dance, Over to You, Breakout. I think Breakout was an instrumental. Uh, Swinging the Chain. Never got into those. This is another one I feel like uh, I should I should go back and uh, and listen to more. But at least half this album is really, really good. And the other half, maybe again, like with Technical Ecstasy, I just need to uh, give another chance. 41 years later, I need to give this one another chance. Um... Don't know, but never say die. Mixed, uh, for me, mixed reaction, mixed, mixed review. 
what can I say next? All right. Past lives. This this was um, that that was really I would say never say die was kind of the end. Not kind of it was the end of the Aussie era. So I'm, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. This this was um, this came out. I don't I have no idea when this came out, but it, it was a double CD of all live songs. I think the first disc was all like like actual from concerts, and then the um, maybe the second disc. I should have done my research. I missed the the production meeting and rehearsal. So I don't know. I, I think this, I don't know what the difference was between the first and second disc. I don't remember too much about this. I did like it. I, I guess I wanted to have a live Black Sabbath album. So I bought it. It was probably cheap. Sometimes you just buy things because, you know, to fill your collection and you see it for a couple of bucks or something. Um, I didn't listen to this too much. I know oh, it says it came out in 2002. Um, Good, good track listing. I mean, there's, there's some songs on here and it's cool to see the Black Sabbath. These, these are all obviously, these are, this is Aussie era. These were all 70 songs. Um, some songs that they, that they, I don't know if they ever played at. This Megalomania is on here, which is very strange. Cornucopia, Killing Yourself to Live. Uh, pretty cool that they did those songs live. I'll, uh, maybe I'll listen to this later today. Skip through it. So again, I, I don't have too much to say. I, I think a lot of I think this is not considered a great live album, like Live After Death or Kiss Alive or Scorpions Worldwide Live or something like that. But um, I think this was kind of considered an afterthought. So again, not not too much to say. The um, no, you know what? I think the first album they they had a, a I don't know if it was a bootleg or an unofficial one of these ones that the record company put out, but the band didn't approve of called. Um, Live at last. I think the first, the first, uh, the first disc of this one might be live at last, and then the second disc was a bunch of uh, recordings that they, I guess, came across later. I can't, uh, I'm not really gonna flip through this now, but yeah, th this was uh, not bad, but maybe maybe a little bit unnecessary. This past lives, but I have it and good for me. Fast forward, really, really, really forward from 1979 or 78, I can't remember what I said when Never Say Die came out, to 2013 when this one came out, and this was called 13, one of the worst album covers ever. This album cover sucks. Um, I guess they called it 13 because it came out in 2013 or because 13 is like a scary number. I don't think it was their 13th album. Um, I don't know what to say about this album. I was very happy. You know, a lot of people when, a lot of people really thumb their nose at older bands when they, when they put out new music. I think even before they listen to it or give it a chance, they, they just, you know, brush it off, which I think is a mistake in many cases because some old bands still put out really good music. You maybe give up your expectations. So, so don't think that this is going to sound like Paranoid or like Sabbath Blaze Sabbath. I, to be honest, at this point, I was just thankful that um, that Black Sabbath was was still around and that they were back with Ozzy and that they were going to tour. They did a very good job of this album. They they clearly this was, I mean, very obvious that they were following a formula here. End of the beginning was really just like Black Sabbath, the the song Black Sabbath from the the first song from the first album in 1970. Um, a couple of other ones I can't remember. What was the, there was a song that sounded just like 
another old classic song. I can't remember. To be honest, I never got into this. I liked it when I first heard it. When this came out, as I said, I was excited. I heard it. I thought, cool, Black Sabbath. But it's kind of the, one of these ones that you were happy or thankful to hear it. And then you, I, for me personally, I kind of forgot about it. I, I will say I liked it better than any Black Sabbath album. You know, I, I lost track of Black Sabbath in the 80s and the 90s, to be honest. And so for me, it was better than anything they did then. I'm going to... Eh, hold on. And I like this better than any Aussie album up to that point since probably... I guess the last Aussie album that I really liked was um, No Rest for the Wicked in 1988 or 89. I think it was 89. So in general, I, I was happy to have this album. God is Dead was the first single, and it was that's a good song. Uh, and End of the Beginning was good. Loner was like... Da, 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 da. There was one song, Age of, I can't remember, but one, one song clearly sounded like Sweet Leaf or, um, something else I can't remember. Again, I, I skipped rehearsal. I, I should, I should know this. And then later, they, um, they, they released a, a four song EP a couple of years after this. I think it's kind of like a, maybe a year after, it's like a promotion for the tour. It was called The End, and it was four, it was a four song EP from, from songs that were recorded during this session of, of 13. Um, probably, probably, I like the way they did that. I've talked about this before. I like when bands kind of separate it. Instead of making this a 12-song, 65- or 70-minute album, they, they made this an 8-song, um, I don't know, 55-minute album, and then put out this uh, EP later. And the EP was okay. It was in this exact same vein as this. There was nothing too much different about this. Now, I mentioned that... Um, uh, my my Black Sabbath live history. I I never saw them until 2013. I I had seen. Ozzy was my first concert ever. Ozzy, I saw Ozzy in um, in Toronto on April 25th, 1984. It was my first concert ever. And but I never saw Black. And I saw Dio. I saw Dio a couple of times. But I never saw any any incarnation of Black Sabbath. So I never saw. Uh, Tony Iommi or, or Geezer Butler until 2013. Really amazing. And I was very, very happy to see them. They, they came, I saw them here in Mexico City at Photo Sol in 2013. One of the best sounding concerts I've ever heard. I remember that the sound of that concert was, uh, was really, really good. And I was so, so happy to finally see Black Sabbath after all these years. That, that was, I remember, I didn't cry, but I, I felt very, emotional at that concert. I, I thought, you know, this is a band at that point I've been listening to for uh, 33 years and I'd never seen them live. And they're, you know, they're, they were then especially and, and even now even more getting old. So I, I was very happy to see, finally see Black Sabbath. And I didn't care about the set list. I didn't care about anything. All I cared about was that I was seeing Black Sabbath and I was very happy. And then they came again in 2016. And, oh, no, I should say, this uh, this poster up here uh, in the top right is the gig poster from that the the concert I mentioned that photo saw the stadium. There were fifty, I guess, fifty five thousand people there, and that was from them. That was that was from that concert. That was uh, this this was uh, I can't remember the story behind that poster, but it, it's a cool poster. You can't really see much because it's so far away and it's dark. But that was that was by a guy, a guy uh, an artist, a Mexican artist called Kraken. And then when they came again in 2016, I got this 
beauty. I don't know how far back I have to go to see this, but I love this poster. Uh, it's not hung yet for reasons that I can't really get into, but this was also done by, by Kraken. And I got this from him personally. I went to his house to get it. And I think there were only 13 of these made. It wasn't sold at the, um, at the, at the show. I think there were 13 printed, and I think they went to the band and their, you know, management, maybe the promoter, something like that. And this one that I got is an artist proof, and I'm very, very happy. This is by five, 30 or 35 gig posters, which I have to hang all, that's a long story. I've had some problems. Um, yeah, so th this was from their show in 2016. I love that poster. Uh, so that's it, right? That's the end of Black Sabbath. Wrong. Uh, th this is going to be on the, the Director's Cut, the DVD, Blu-ray, special edition, two-disc version. I'll go a little bit away from Ozzy uh, into following after. Let me, let me go back here and, and do this. So cut here. So never say die, Black Sabbath. So-so. Next. After that, this was heaven and hell. All right, now I, I, I was only going to do Ozzy, but because that's really what I'm familiar with, but I figured I'll, I'll go a little bit deeper. I, I'm not going to do Eternal Idol or Headless Cross or Tear or uh, Cross Purposes, Dehumanizer. I don't know anything about those albums. When I heard um, uh, they had that album in um, 1986 called Seventh Star, and there was a song called uh, ain't no stranger to love or love is a stranger sign like that what a steaming pile that song was I hated that song I couldn't believe that Black Sabbath put out garbage like that I hated it sorry but and so I, I never got into Black Sabbath after that but I, I did I was before that into them at this point this was Heaven and Hell very very Black Sabbath is a very divisive band in terms of Similar with uh, Van Halen, you know, you have the David Lee Roth people and the um, the uh, Sammy Hagar people. Maybe to a much, much lesser extent, John Bush and Joey Belladonna in Anthrax. But I think one of the, maybe the most notorious or infamous band that, that really divided people was Black Sabbath. Because Black Sabbath with, with Ronnie James Dio was very, very different than Black Sabbath with Ozzy. And some people love the Dio version. Ozzy is more more popular for sure. But um, a lot of people really love the Dio version. I loved Heaven and Hell. This this was um, this came out in 1980. Ozzy was gone. Uh, I guess he got fired. I can never remember if, if members got fired or quit. I think he got fired. And so this came out in 1980. Now again, I didn't have this at the time. I probably got this at some point, much 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 later, probably even after I knew. I think my introduction to Dio's Ronnie James Dio music. Was, was Dio the band? I, I don't even know if I had, nah, maybe I'd heard this version at that point. I had for sure. Yeah, I had. I, I remember seeing this record. Maybe I didn't hear it. Anyway, some people might say, and again, it's not my opinion, but I couldn't argue with them. If you say this is the best Black Sabbath album or your favorite, I, I can't really put up an argument against that. This, this is a great, great album. This was very different, not just because it had a, a different singer, Ronnie James Dio singing, the music was different too. It was more, ah, I'm not sure why. I guess Dio had a hand in the writing, but I'm not sure. 
But this this is a heavy metal. This is a classic heavy metal album. My favorite are favorites on this one. Uh, again, there's nothing that's more uncool than saying the singles. But I, I think Die Young and Neon Nights are just killer songs. The uh, when I was a teenager, those videos were on. There there were live videos for those that were on all the the metal video, uh, you know, shows Toronto Toronto rocks and things like that. Uh, so so those yeah those songs Neon Nights and um, Die Young are, are classic. But Children of the Sea is great too, which Bruce Dickinson said, uh, or Steve Harris. Somebody said they lifted the title of um, Children of the Damned from Children of the Sea. So this is an excellent album. Wishing Well is good too, Lady Evil. Yeah, so if you if you think this is your favorite album, I I'm 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 okay with that. Unlike the one that came after that, 1981 or 82, 81, this was this was Mob Rules. This this was one I don't know why I never got into this. Uh if if you put this on, I would I mean I would recognize it as uh, as Dio Black Dio era Black Sabbath. But I ne this is similar to Technical Ecstasy. Um, what song do I know on here? Sign of the Southern Cross, yeah. Uh, E5150 was another instrumental. I think, was it the instrumental? Yeah, I think it was. You have to tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I think uh, E5150 was a, an instrumental. Never got into this one. I don't know why. Um, I loved, I always loved the album cover. I thought this was a fantastic, scary. These uh, kind of, I don't know what these are, druids or... They look really scary on the, the graffiti and everything. So great album cover. And I can't even say it's a bad album because I'm almost completely unfamiliar with it. I bought it and just kind of forgot about it. So I, I can't say too much about Mob Rules. And then finally is uh, is this one. Uh, I'll say hello to my friend uh, Paco, an, an old friend of mine here in Mexico City. This, not only is this his favorite Black Sabbath album, if I remember correctly, and Paco, you can tell me, this is, I, this might be his favorite album ever. I think this and Raven All for One, I think are his favorites. I disagree with Francisco. For me, this is, um, I had a friend, uh, a guy called Dwayne Frank when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, and then later in the high school. And he had this album, and he had uh, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and Volume 4. And that, that was, I listened to those Black Sabbath albums before I had them. I listened to them at, at Dwayne Frank's house. And he had this, and uh, I, I loved it at the time, because um, Trashed, and especially Zero the Hero. Zero the Hero, there was a video for, that got played a lot back then. Now, that that song, I love that song then, and I still love it now. This was when Black Sabbath was in turmoil. They they had another new singer. This was um the third this was Ian Gillen from Deep Purple. This was this was the third singer they had, had in the last four albums. They they had Ozzy for the first eight or six, eight albums, up to Never Say Die, and then Dio for two, and now Ian Gillen. So I think a lot of people were just, you know, just tired of all the, the lineup changes and turmoil in Black Sabbath. Now, I was never and still am not a big Deep Purple fan. I have never bought a Deep Purple album in my life. They, they have some songs that I like, but I'm not a fan. But I loved Ian Gillen in, uh, in Black Sabbath. I thought, I thought he was a, a great fit. I, I think if, if he had done some other, I think again, I've talked about this many times. The timing was wrong. But this, for me, this is kind of a mixed album. I love Trashed. 
and zero the hero zero the hero is a that that's heavy that's that's as heavy as black sabbath gets that's like you know sabbath plays sabbath or um war pigs or something but now they continued here with stonehenge and the dark they had the two instrumental filler songs other other than um trash and zero the hero maybe maybe um uh, disturbing the priest and digital bitch maybe i never really got into this album not sure why they this is uh i guess one of the most infamous album covers ever the band uh ian gillett said something like uh he hated this album in general he said i think he said uh, something like when he heard the album he puked and then when he saw the album cover he puked again tell this to to francisco so so this was this was the last black sabbath album I, that i ever bought until um 13 i guess i bought past lives at some point in there so so this one is another one that um and this is why i said the, this is like the bonus edition of these so for me um that was that was it for black sabbath i never cared about and i didn't realize how many albums they did with tony martin i i was looking through their discography last week or something and they did a bunch of albums with tony martin i never cared from what i heard from those albums didn't care about tony martin and um to be honest i'm not even sure if it's if I want to go back and listen to it. I don't think I ever heard Dehumanizer, which I should have. That was when Ronnie, D, Ronnie James Dio came back in 92. I guess whatever song they did a video for, I I heard that song. Other than that, I don't know. Aside from the, the song that I couldn't even remember the title of, Stranger to Love or No Stranger to Love, Loving No Stranger, whatever it's called, I can't even tell you the name of one Black Sabbath album post Born Again. That's it. So, that's it. That's the end for Black Sabbath. Um, something I, I just want to say quickly, a couple of people have uh, given me a little request. Somebody, and I apologize for not knowing your name, somebody requested for me to do Wasp, to do this the same thing for Wasp, and somebody else asked me for about Fate's Warning. Thank you for the recommendations. I can't do it, though. I, I can only do bands that, that I really have this close connection to bands that I'm really familiar with. I've, I know I've heard a couple of Fate's Warning songs. I don't know the title of one of them. Wasp I was into. I love the first album as a classic. The last Wasp album I bought was um, Inside the Electric Circus, which was their third album. So I just, I can't take requests. Thank you. I appreciate the comments and the thoughts, but I, I can't do requests. I have three more of these videos in the hopper. You didn't know I had a hopper. That's a Kramer reference from Seinfeld, if anybody recognizes it. Uh, so I've got three more that I'm going to do in the, in, the, in the next couple of weeks, I guess. And uh, you'll have to stay tuned to, to see which one of those. One of them should be very obvious. You, you, if you, I think, have watched these and if you know my taste in music, one should be very, very obvious. The other two are probably, one for sure, is going to be a huge surprise. So I, I am going to do a couple more in the next couple of weeks. So if you like these, you can stay tuned for them if you like hearing a guy saying um, a lot and then playing with his fingers out of awkwardness, then uh, you can you can uh, watch these up in the in the next couple of weeks. That's all for now. Uh, so that's it, Black Sabbath, one of the, the most important bands in my life. Kevin Montavon's favorite band ever. And uh, so that's it for Black Sabbath, and that's all for me. See ya.